Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. Hear that? It's the call of the crave. And when the crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 bacon bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the bacon cheese slider, 1921 bacon cheese slider, or chicken bacon ranch slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 bacon bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Hey, by the book listeners, Kristen here. Did you know that you can receive a weekly by the book affirmation mini-sode plus the rules of every book that we've lived by? It's easy. All you have to do is become a member of our Patreon community. To learn more, go to patreon.com slash listen to buy the book. Again, that's patreon.com slash listen to buy the book, or just look at the episode description from today's show. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So, maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Jolenta. Yes, Kristen. You and I have worked out a great long-distance way to work, if I do say so myself. Mm-hmm. I very much agree. That is a true fact. But the truth is, we've had a harder time being long-distance friends. Yes, yes, that is also a fact. It's been it's been way harder to figure out how to be friends and, like, family with people during social distancing, whether it's just a few miles apart, like you and I, or worlds apart. But there are two gals we consider experts when it comes to staying in touch while far apart, gals who also happen to be sisters. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about uh, because I've been listening to their podcast for years, the Legendary Satellite Sisters. That's exactly who I'm talking about. Let's talk to them because I'm Kristen Meinzer. I'm Jalanta Greenberg. I'm Leon Dolan. I'm Liz Dolan. And this is By the Book.
That's right. It's time for another Buy the Book bonus episode. Every other week between now and season eight, we'll be releasing a new bonus episode. And throughout our bonus episodes, we'll be continuing our season seven hearth and home theme, albeit in slightly different ways. Mm-hmm. And today we're looking at staying connected especially staying connected when we can't leave our homes. You know, in our COVID-19 world, it's just not safe to gather in all the ways that we used to. So how do we keep from feeling alone and disconnected from our loved ones when we are trapped inside our own four walls, often alone? Helping us with this question are two people who have a lot of experience staying connected when they can't see each other face-to-face, the Satellite Sisters, or more accurately, two of the Satellite Sisters, Leon Dolan and Liz Dolan. Thank you both. Thank you. Leon, Liz, you and your sisters were way ahead of the game when it came to technology. You were making podcasts to have fun and stay connected while the rest of us were still using like those long-distance calling cards. <laughs> mm-hmm. We were in podcast diapies. Yes. Back in those early days, were you also doing that? What, what other methods were you using to stay in touch other than using the technology of the future? Um, well, this is Leanne, and we always start by introducing ourselves because there are so many of us. Uh, there are mm. five, five sisters, but... You know, I think there are really two different kinds of sisters. There are the groups of sisters you see, you know, that are enemies and always at each other's throats. Like in pop culture, you see that. Or then there are the sisters that are best friends and they're in each other's lives all the time. And we're neither of those sisters. (laughs) (laughs) What? There's more than the two categories? Well, there's a, a big fertile ground in between. And we've always kind of lived in that ground where you can be both best friends and mortal enemies on the same day. But you can also sort of be in each other's lives without being in each other's lives every day. So that's kind of always the way we operated. Like we'd call each other, we'd stay in touch, we'd see each other. But then if, oh, a couple of weeks went by, okay, all right, well, we'll re-engage. Like there wasn't this, you know, idea that we had to be with each other all the time, every single day. And yet we did always spend time figuring out, well, when will we get together? How will we do that? And we were big on the person-to-person, face-to-face stuff. So there mm-hmm. was just always like an open-door policy in anyone's home. Or like, I remember one time when I was living in New York City, and I, was, uh, I decided, Monica and I, Monica was in D.C., we were going to go skiing in Park City, Utah. And it was a big deal because we were in our 20s, had no money, but we saved up our dime, and we were doing that. And then the next thing we know, our brother Brendan decided, okay, I'll meet you there. And Leon, who was in college in California at that time, took the train from Los Angeles to Salt Lake City and just showed up. Aww. Just showed up in our hotel wow. room. And so the fact that all of a sudden there were four of us in the room, not two of us, and one of us had no money even for I a had ski no ticket. Money. I, I had three <laughs> bucks and no skis. And I was like, hey, spring break. Thanks. <laughs> like, I have a place to crash that isn't where I normally am. So great. Oh, my God. And, and back in that era, you didn't have cell phones to coordinate even. So no. you get mm-hmm. on a train and you show up and you hope somebody's there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, so it's a lot you of only like have three bucks. I didn't yeah, have a, a lot of card. actual planning, but a lot of being open to spontaneity that I think would scare the shit out of me <laughs> as a millennial. Yeah, plus I think the key, Jolenta, is that nobody felt like they needed to be invited. Like if you were going and right. doing something and I wanted to come, I would, I would just come. And that is just <laughs> like unspoken and sort of established. I asked this as an only child because like I keep in touch with people I love, but never as a sibling. 
So is that it's just an unspoken dynamic of like you can always show up? I think that is part of the big family dynamic because we're five girls and three boys. And so, yeah. yeah, there's just a lot of coming and going. And we grew up in a family where our mother had an identical twin sister to whom she spoke every morning on the phone. And then they had two other sisters. And so all of our family holidays were some combination of whoever turned up and could be there. And there was no obligation to be there, but people really wanted to be together. I think that's the fundamental Mm -hmm. thing, is the desire. We always say the sense of connection is the most important sense you have. And Mm -hmm. we just grew up in that kind of a household. I would say how it relates to the podcast, though, the early days of even doing the radio show is that, you know, originally producers thought, oh, it just can't be done because we weren't seeing each other. We weren't looking at each other. That technology, either it was new or we just didn't engage in it. But because Mm -hmm. we had been speaking to each other for 40, 30, 40 years, I knew when when someone in Moscow, my sister Julia in Moscow wanted to jump in or Sheila had a funny punchline. Like we just had an innate sense of sort of, you know, how communication should work on the air. And then we made it work uh, off air. That makes sense. Um, And as times have changed, how have the ways that you stay in touch evolved? It's so funny, Jolenta. It really hasn't evolved. <laughs> I was going to say, like, do you talk on the phone less? Like, is there less random stopping over? No, nothing. Have you changed. stopped the AOL messenger and now you Zoom call? Well, that's what's so funny, Kristen. Like, we were just laughing about this last month because we seem to be the last family in America that was doing Zoom calls because we're just in such a habit of talking to each other on the phone that upgrading to Zoom seemed unnecessary. Even when we produced the show, Leanne, we still don't see each other, even though we could. No, we don't. (laughs) That's so funny. We do not turn on cameras. We do not. We're just really still talking on the phone. Wow. I love it. Honestly, I'm impressed. I'm very impressed. Now, we did we did have a Zoom call a month ago. Our sister Sheila had a birthday, and so she self-produced a birthday family Zoom call with multiple generations all over the country, about 40 people. Mm. But, you know, t- true to form, it was produced. It wasn't just a let's connect. She had games. She had quizzes. There were wow. prizes involved. And it all wrapped in, like, 45 minutes. And it was done. And, like, so, <laughs> so it was perfect. It was perfect. Yeah. Our mother had not had a mother. Good planning makes for good fun. And even uh, even on a Zoom call, a little bit of producer energy goes a long way. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad you brought this up because something that we want to know and our listeners want to know are the details about how you celebrate special days. Because with all of you spread all over the world, you must be very good at celebrating special days remotely at this point. Mm -hmm. You must have tips that the rest of us can follow during COVID, right? Yeah. Here I'd say you have to learn, don't take everything so personally if people remember or don't remember or show up or don't show up. Again, because of the big family, the big family dynamic is, for instance, my birthday is in September. I have two siblings and two first cousins 
whose birthdays are in September. So we had one birthday party. That was it. We had mm. the we had the September batch. And so th- th- I didn't grow up expecting to get a birthday week or it's all about me or no. No, it was it was almost never about me. And if you grow up in a big family, <laughs> it's really never about you. It it never is. <laughs> that's yeah. the most important thing to learn. So now that's why Sheila's birthday uh last month, the fact that she went to the trouble. She is the neediest of the sisters and the middle sister. <laughs> And <laughs> but she also knows how to get people to like come. You just like like plan so hard, like it's impossible to say no. Like it works with everyone's schedule, and there's something that like kind of floats your boat happening. Like, and she's yeah. an elementary school teacher, so she knows how to oh, plan yeah. fun activities that keep people engaged. But the first thing about remote is don't don't bear a grudge, don't keep score. Who showed up? Who didn't show up? Who sent you a card? We don't. We just don't do any of that. And I think Mm. that's been really helpful. I think that's a good thing to remember. And I think, too, there is an innate understanding that we have of what's a big deal, what's important, whether Mm -hmm. it's, you know, a wedding or a big birthday as opposed to like, for instance, today is our sister Monica's birthday. There will be nothing. No, you're talking to (laughs) us instead. What? Yeah. You're hanging with us instead of There Monica. will be nothing. You're you like, know why? Last year, big birthday, big gift, big celebration. Yeah. We like we were there for her. So we're taking a couple of years off. But, um, you know, I think in the COVID times that we've seen extraordinary celebrations, people were really uh, kind of cool on these Zoom weddings or these Zoom bar mitzvahs mm-hmm. and, or you know, Zoom holidays. But if people are showing up, that's fantastic. I, I, I'm all for it. You know, I think yeah. initially we were afraid to celebrate joy and bring joy into our lives and felt guilty about it because things were not great. But I think now we have an understanding we need to do that. And so right. show up. Yeah, do it. Enjoy. Liz, you went to a Zoom wedding. You said it was the most emotional <laughs> wedding fun. you've ever been to. Oh, I I went to one recently and wept the whole time. I you know, did it's too, Liz? so emotional. And right? it was great. And also it meant that in the chat, like the guests, we could be chatting amongst ourselves the whole time. Oh, right. that's so You can fun. talk to the other guests. And it's the bride great. and groom didn't realize that they're we not distracted. Talk to each other. They're not distracted. It was very emotional and very fun. And then the bride and groom afterwards had pictures of us all on the screen, and they did not realize what had gone on behind the scenes and how much fun we were having uh, on our own. So it was it was surprisingly emotional and beautiful and fantastic. And I'm so glad they did it because this was sort of at the beginning of the summer, and they weren't sure it was the right thing to do. You know, it felt like is that tacky to have people. People watching online, and it so was not. It was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'd also yeah. like to just put in a word for analog. I mean, our mom was a great card sender, uh, right. and so she's been gone for eight years now. And I think we, several of the sisters, I'd like to credit Julie and I. We have really taken up the card <laughs> mantle, you know, because that actually is forethought. I feel like there's extra credit mm-hmm. if you get a birthday card in the mail that arrives pre-birthday. And my totally. mom, my mom took great care in picking out the right cards. And I mean, she spent a lot of time in the card shop. And um, and I think that that's also just a really nice thing to do. It doesn't have to be a birthday. Any card, just go for it. Mm-hmm. Send it, you know, send it. Yeah, no one, no one has ever gotten a card from me, so. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen, on the other hand, is sending like rogue postcards just for fun because she's the coolest person on earth. 
Only once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> I support that, Kristen. I'm all right. into spontaneity. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not really good at doing it on time, on the right date, but I can do it just like because I but feel like it. But she can do it like because she loves you and that is special in itself. Um, <laughs> but I have a question about when things like go awry remotely because – we don't always get along. Like, we're not always cool if someone forgets that birthday Zoom. And when we can't see each other face-to-face and we're often, like, texting or just hearing each other's voices, things can feel worse or, like, escalate faster. And I feel like you guys have to have dealt with this over the years, living so far away and corresponding so much. How have you dealt with those situations? Well, I think uh, first there's the family heritage. I mean, we are Irish, right? So suppress and deny is pretty much our family <laughs> motto. Oh, my <laughs> husband does that. And and then if there are, I have issues with Sister A, I just go to Sister B and talk about her, you know, and that's refreshing. <laughs> just badmouth her behind her back. Yes. Just talk through <laughs> things so that you don't, you don't mm-hmm. say something you're going to regret that's going to ruin Thanksgiving forever. I mean, that's really how we operate is like, don't ruin Thanksgiving forever. And um, <laughs> it's a good rule of thumb. It is. Like talk it out first or like sit on it for 24 hours if it would ruin Thanksgiving. Yeah. Talk it out with someone else, Jalenta. So it's fine. That's a good call. Honestly, I feel like, at least for me, that's easy to forget in quarantine. Like, especially with my spouse, I'll be frustrated. And it's something I would maybe normally bitch to a girlfriend about, but I just turn back to him and bitch to him about it and make the thing even worse. But So talking it out to someone else is legitimately good advice that I forgot. So thank you. (laughs) But I think it's also good to remind ourselves that Email really sucks. We've gotten used to it because we have to get used to it. But it's really no way to sort out emotionally complex issues with people or even creative issues with people. And so Mm. there's only so far you can get in a Slack channel or in an email or any of that. And we've always found that, you know, when things started to get tense, we just had to talk to each other on the phone because when you hear each other's voices, it's just a whole different thing. Mm -hmm. And it feel like it turns on your empathy in a different way too. Totally. Even at work, I remember I used to say to people, do not respond to that email. Just let it go. There's no law that says you have to respond. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important now where everything we do is so instant Mm, that's almost never good if it's a complicated situation. Yeah. I mean, even Jolenta, you and I've had to deal with this before just because like we're work wives and we're constantly in communication with each other. Oh, totally. And once in a while, once in a while tone is lost because oh, like, yeah. you well, know. I've been like, like I hate one- your tone. And she's like, what tone? I was just <laughs> tired. And I'm like, well, I am super insecure and sensitive today. So I took it as tone. I'm glad we called and talked to each other about this. Yeah. And that's almost always how it goes. Once Jolenta and I get on the phone with each other, it's it's fine, yeah. but we just have not seen each other face to face in eight months now. Ugh, it's been too which long. is insane, and yeah. so yeah, it changes things. It does change things. I mean, we when we first started producing Satellite Sisters, our sister Julia first lived in Bangkok, and then she lived in Moscow. So she was mm-hmm. dealing with 
what it was like to be plunked down and live abroad. She had terrible time zone issues, usually when we were recording. Like, her whole life was so wildly different than our lives going to a studio in the United States that many times we just need to take a deep breath and remember that and pick up the phone. Or we did use to schedule, even though it was hard and kind of expensive, like sister summits, to get together and just be face-to-face. I know that's impossible now, but that was super helpful. I mean, we've been doing Mm. this for 20 years, and I think that, like, advanced level of sensitivity to what people are going through outside of what's happening is is what's made that possible. Can I ask just a quick question about the logistics of Julie frequently being, like, a different day? Like, she wasn't just always in different hours, but sometimes she's like, it's a different day. How... How did you all determine when you were going to talk with each other or when you were mm-hmm. going to record with each other? Who gets to choose? Leon and I got to choose because we were we were the bosses. So, <laughs> oh shit! Remember, for a long time, well, when we first started our show, we were on um, WNYC, your former home, and that was oh, all yes. pre-taped and complicated, and you know, super super public radio-y and not really. Not really our cup of tea. So then when we moved and we were on, we were doing a live talk show. That's much more what we want to do is just like, so we were live every day for three hours, six days a week. And so it was 9 a.m. in Los Angeles, which meant it was 8 p.m. for Julie in Moscow. So we had to be super conscious that we were really cutting into her life life, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Starting at 8 p.m. going to 11 p.m. six days a week. Like that's a big, that's a big sort of shift in, in like your work life to sort of keep it around the evening hours. And I think one of the reasons we never turned cameras on, even though we were on Skype, is because often we could tell Julie was getting dressed to go out at the same time that we were doing the show. Yes, girl. (laughs) I was like, and she's not getting ready for bed. You're cutting into that social life. Yeah. And like her husband would get home from work and they would be going out and we just had to, she, she, and we understood that sometimes she just disappeared in the third hour of the show. I mean, we would know she was leaving, but we didn't over explain like who was on and who wasn't because Julie Mm -hmm. just had a dinner party to attend and we had to accommodate (laughs) that. It just sounds like you guys are so much more chill with a with like a, a level of flexibility that's required for being so remote that I, I think a lot of us are just getting used to now. Okay, but then there was one time, Julenta, when the first time we were writing yes. a book together, and Uh-oh. which is a whole different thing than producing our podcast. And Leon yeah. was the boss because Leon's the writer, editor on the team. She's always yeah, in charge sure. of all of our writing projects. And things got a little heated, didn't they, Leon? I mean, at one point, my agent called me and started telling me that I needed to give my sister Sheila more time to get her essays in. I'm like, did my sister just call you to complain? (laughs) Like, are you, is my sister using an agent to talk to me? (laughs) (laughs) So every once in a while, but I would say this, like for our production, um, the the times we've set up during the week to do the call, to do the production, to do those are sacred times. No one messes yeah. with them. We're not changing the schedule every week. We're down. This is it. People show up. If you can't show up, we don't move the time for you. We move on and do the show without you in, in a good way. And I mm-hmm. like respecting each other's time in that way, I think has also mm-hmm. sustained our show. Mm. Right. That's a good, yeah, that's a good rule of thumb. It also gives you firm guidelines to know, like, when to let people know ahead of time. Like, I have to tap out. Like, it's just, 
Smart. We have the entire production schedule set for next year. Ah, that's Kristen's dream. (laughs) Kristen, I love that. That's what I mean. I don't want to sound corny, but I feel like what you guys are talking about reminds me a lot of what I learned in acting school, which is like you set up a lot of structure beforehand. If you're like getting into a part or whatever, you do a bunch of research, you do all of this physical work, you like set all this rigid structure in motion, but then you like all of that planning is so you can deal with all the unexpected shit that pops up. I think that's totally true. And we try to instill like a no guilt uh, rule. It doesn't work. Some sisters have a higher level of guilt reduction or guilt retention, <laughs> I should say. But like, if you have to take the show off, take the show off. You know, for years, yeah. we're like, it's a free podcast. Just take the show off. Yeah, if you need a day off, like there are other sisters, literally. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, should we take a quick break, Kristen? Yeah, let's just do a really quick break. Uh, But when we're back, we have some more uh, pandemic-specific questions for Leon and Liz. Stay with us. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. All right, we are back with Leanne Dolan and Liz Dolan, two of the amazing Satellite Sisters. They've been sharing their lessons with us that they've learned about how to stay connected when you are apart from people. Um, So question for y'all. How has being separated by the pandemic been different from being separated uh, by your jobs and other factors? Well, this is Liz. I'll go first. I feel like it's it's much harder than I thought it would be. I thought because because we've always worked remotely or, and I've always had like friends all over the country or all over the world. So the keeping in touch, I feel like I'm good at keeping in touch with people. But there's something about the enforcement of this that you no longer can just like, like jump on a plane and go, or if you're in New York for business, see your friends or all that kind of stuff that were really kind of the backbone of my social life. I'm single. I live alone. And the, the ability to just go wherever I want, whenever I wanted to, to have that taken away has been 
much more dramatic than I expected. Even, even at the beginning of the pandemic, um, like at the, in April, Leon and I were talking and, and Leon, you were saying that you and your husband had been talking about how hard it must be for me because when you live alone and you can't go out, that must be even harder. And I was like, no, I was thinking, thank <laughs> God I don't live with anyone. They would drive me, <laughs> they, would, yes. they would drive me crazy. But I have to say now, <laughs> now that all these months have gone by, yeah, it, it sure would be nice to have to have somebody around. So that's, that's where my dog mm. comes in, but it's, uh, oh, for sure. but I think just the having the choice of when we're together, as we've said, as a family and as sisters and as people that produce a show together, we would just spontaneously get together for a weekend when we felt like it was important for the energy of the show or just for our personal lives. And so mm. not being able to do that, it's, it's, it's really been hard, really hard, yeah. much harder than I expected. Yeah, I totally. would agree. I mean, I'm a I'm a writer in my other life, and so I'm used to right. working at home and being home alone. But I'm surprised how much I've missed the energy, the creative energy of leaving my house, engaging in the studio. We Liz and I go to a studio in West Hollywood one day a week mm-hmm. with our engineer. It's just fun to be there and not right. be sitting in your closet. That was super fun. I had a book come out in in April, and you know, I had a ten city tour booked and. Some writers hate talking to people, but I love it. I definitely right. like get energy from that and rejuvenate and get my creative juices going. I, I just miss engagement and I, I find mm. it particularly in the creative aspect like uh, that I really miss it. I, I, um. I really miss it. I do too. And Lean, I'm just going to interrupt you for a second just to shout out your new book. It's called The Sweeney Sisters, and it is so good, and everybody should read it. It I don't know how much is actually crazy juicy. I was just reading about it before we started this call, and I was like, I need this yesterday. Plus, the cover is gorgeous, not to judge a book, but. (laughs) No, please, please. (laughs) But it's so good. And of course, I'm reading it. I'm like, hmm, which one's Julie? Which one's. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, it's about a lot of sisters from Connecticut. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I am just curious how you've been filling that gap because, I mean, I can say being very similar to you, Leanna, it's like, I, I like the creative process of writing and scripting yeah. and researching all the stuff that Jolenta and I do for the show and my own writing projects, but I do miss being out there. Mm-hmm. I miss it. And what are you doing to fill in that, you know, loneliness? And just promote your books so we can copy what you're doing for our Yes, book. that too. Yeah, we'll take that too. <laughs> I mean, FYI. <laughs> <laughs> I Sorry actually started like hosting my own book clubs, which is mm, really yes. kind of sad when I say it out loud. But early in the but pan- also smart. early in the pandemic, I realized well, it's done, and people hadn't quite figured out their book clubs and Zoom. So I just learned Crowdcast, which is another platform. I took a right. couple of seminars, I signed up, and then I just announced I'll be there every Wednesday, you know, for the next 12 weeks, sign up and, you know, 7 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, we'll, we'll toggle book back and forth. And, it, and the book clubs were for people who had read the book. That was the key because, you know, you all do you do plenty of promotion about the book, but you miss the energy of what did people like? What did they enjoy? What questions? Yeah, there are no book signings, no talks, no readings. Yeah, no face to face interaction. Yeah. So I have really enjoyed that. Like every some weeks. And the key to this um, for the two of you is I don't record it. 
It doesn't go anywhere. I don't post it anywhere. So it is very private. It's like being mm. in someone's home. So you can spill the juicy parts. That yeah. I can tell you which sister is who. And, you know. Yeah. Oh, wait, I need to get in on one of these shit. <laughs> yes. <sighs> Liz, go away for this part. <laughs> so, and, uh, you know, for 12 weeks, every, sometimes it's, 20 people, sometimes it's 40, and there uh, it's just me on camera. And that's been a really fun and energizing thing to do. And I think I'm actually going to start doing it in the new year for other authors, you know? <gasps> choose us, choose us. So it's for people who have read your book because the other thing I've been really buoyed by is just the support that uh, authors have had for each other. and uh, It has been great. Yeah. We've had a good sisterhood there, the women's fiction writers on, on Twitter and Instagram for a while. But now people are like hosting each other on Facebook Lives and Instagrams. And there's just a real sense that we need to, you know, work together to help promote each other. So those two things have been you know, fun to do and have lifted me up and, and they're not easy. You know, you still expend mm. a lot of energy when you're just screaming into a, a screen by yourself, but, um, but at least it's kept me engaged. Mm. Totally. Totally copying totally. all of that copying. For sure. Copy, <laughs> paste. Um. I would add, I would add one upside has been, I have the possibility to do things that I wouldn't have been able to do before. I've gotten invited to like host a number of author things that, but they're happening mm. in Washington, D.C. So, you know, in the before times, I wouldn't have been able to do that, but now right. I can do that. So I don't want to make Leon insanely jealous again, but I actually got to introduce <laughs> Ina Garten and do a whole <gasps> thing with the Barefoot Contessa last month. I know. Jolanta, can you believe it? I am going to curl up and die inside my closet. Like, that's so cool. And I would totally win the award as the sister least likely to have anything in common with Anna Garten. And but so it was just super fun to be able to do that. I also did an interview. You may know Emmanuel Acho is the guy that's done the series of videos on YouTube called Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black oh, Man. Yes. 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 Uh, so I got to host a whole interview with him, which was really great, which Again, I would not have gotten. He was in Dallas. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't normally have been invited to um, to be the host of something like that because I'm in LA. But I could do that. Mm -hmm. So those kinds of opportunities have opened, which are kind of um, That's those great. are kind of fun and unique. And to piggyback on that, Liz, I mean, you up until the early days of COVID, were also hosting the Safer Work podcast, which is. Such a good podcast, FYI, if you have not listened. Um, and, you know, along with these other opportunities that have popped up for you work-wise, like what advice do you have in general for people who are learning how to work remotely for the first time? Or like uh, maybe uh, want to seek out new opportunities now that the world is more remote but don't even know where to start? Okay, well, I'm going to start with a totally personal hang-up. Mm hmm. I love it. Please, please. I know you're working in your bedroom, but I do not want to see your unmade bed behind you. I just don't. I just think there's <laughs> no. we all there's some standards that must be upheld. And, uh, you know, I know we're all like I know myself. I don't even bother it. I like I put on lipstick for you girls because of who you are. But uh, you know, Stop like, it. I would not normally be doing that. So I know a lot of our personal grooming standards are declining and things like that. But from a purely professional point of view, you have to try to 
keep up appearances. And number one mm-hmm. thing is the unmade bed. And I'm talking to you, millennials, mainly. Sorry. Uh, the unmade bed in the background just adds an air of unprofessionalism that I think, I think you might, uh, you might want to rethink. Um, but also, I, I think that all of this working remotely, a lot of it is big groups, you know, because we're on these Zoom calls where there are 20 people and, that's no, that's not the only way to get things done. I personally enjoy one-on-one conversations much more than I do big group conversations, even if it's a member of my team. So, and the same goes with being in the Slack channels and things. I mean, that's fine, but you have to just pick up the phone and call some of your colleagues from time to time. Just one-on-one, take the time to do that. I think it just makes a, for me anyway, it makes a dramatic difference. And because group conversations don't always get to the heart of the matter. And you don't want to spend too much time if you have 20 people on a Zoom, just checking in on how people are emotionally. But you do need to do that with people now. And so that's where I feel like the one-on-one conversation is so key. So just make sure that make sure you're doing that. And then the one other professional thing that I think must be very mm. challenging to people is getting to know the leaders in your organization. Like if you were all around right. the office, you would have all of that, you know, maybe meeting time or water cooler Just time. Bumping, yeah, bumping into someone, getting a coffee, washing your plate after lunch, anything. So the people that might give you a better job someday, you had an opportunity to get to know them in a way that is much harder now. So you have to be thoughtful and creative about how to do that. Obviously, you don't want to hound the, 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 the higher-ups, mm. but creating some kind of personal connection with... Mm. I know my... Uh, sorry, I did not mean to interrupt, but my my husband recently got a new boss, and he's done, like, uh, digital, like, coffee or tea meetings, like, once a month to check in, like, just for the first, you know, three months of working. And I think it's made a big difference in just my husband feeling more comfortable with his new leadership, let alone, like, realizing they have hobbies in common. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. And I'm I'm sure that's hard for younger people who are newer in their jobs to feel like they can just reach out directly to their boss. But I would encourage that in some thoughtful kind of way. Mm-hmm. Such good advice. Now, aside from work, just in your own personal lives, we're curious about what you've been doing to keep your spirits up and take care of yourself. I mean, there, there's so much going on in the world right now. A lot of us are feeling concerned is the nice way to put it. Wildly anxious and crazy is another way to put it. Overwhelmed. Despairing, a little less, but still despairing. Yes, yes. And what have the two of you been doing to deal with that? What what are some, you know, things that have been working? I actually, um, for the last four or five years, have been doing a lot of ballroom dancing. (laughs) That I really was like, she's going to say like yoga or like meditation. (laughs) Was not expecting that. Really love that. And I'm part of like a middle-aged ladies dance troupe. And we take from one teacher and we do individual dances and we do group dances where, you know, we perform Broadway or sambas or cha-chas. I did a cha-cha to to Janet Jackson last (gasps) year. I think I killed it. Oh, my God. Yes. And you're keeping this up digitally? I am. It's really hard because yes. you can't, you're used to having the great teacher like whip you around and the show you how to do that. The room. 
but now I have to really work and I'm upstairs in my bedroom and he's in his studio and, you know, in Hollywood and I'm, I'm trying to, I'm taking the Zoom classes. And then, uh, we did in the fall do, um, we learned all the choreography as a group to the thriller number. And then oh, we went to wow. a public park and we performed that. Uh, <gasps> so six feet apart. Uh, but we did that. That's the, you need to right. send us that video. We need that video. I love, I always want more zombie performance art. Like, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Like, not just around Halloween, year round. Year round. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's been really fun to stay engaged with this wonderful group of women. And it just is a, a fun part of my week and in a time where there hasn't been super fun things to do. But I'm sticking with the dancing. I love it. Nice. I feel like um, I don't know how people have survived the pandemic so far without a dog. And uh, so the I have taken up. I was not always a big talking to my dog person. I am now, but I don't, like you do, Jolenta, my dog does not talk back to me in a special oh, dog voice. you are missing out. <laughs> You're missing out. Yes, I've, I've heard the conversations you have with he your dog. He says all the things I can't say. No, I know. No. Hooper, do, Hooper does not do that, but he is a good listener. So, um, <laughs> so I think just having a dog around has been great. And then also, I hear... And maybe you guys have said this too. Like when people say, oh yeah, it's my third or fourth day without a shower. I'm like, oh my God, I could never do that. Hot showers have been my number one form mm. of self-care. Even to the point where it could be several times a day. I'm, I, I don't care. I get bored. I get lonely. I get I'm sad. really glad to hear you say that. Because at one point my husband was like, should I be worried that you took three showers? And I've kind of gotten <laughs> through that phase. I'm back to like one a day. But sometimes I'm like, I don't know. It feels good. And I have nothing. I have no work today. Like I know I have nothing else to do. And I even have, fast. I have a couple of essential oils. I have eucalyptus and I have uh, orange. So occasionally mm. I'll just put some eucalyptus in my hands and nice. I'll just stand under the hot water and and uh. breathe in the eucalyptus. And okay, it's not exactly a spa, but it's giving me a spa-like feeling. So that's a simple thing that I have found embarrassingly helpful. Yes. I love oh, I it. love that. And that and that costs like pennies each mm. time. That's like pennies of luxury right in your own shower. Love that. Pro pro tip, you can also hang like some sprigs of eucalyptus like from your shower head and it when it, you shower it sort of like steams out. You have to remember to change it cuz sometimes I've left them too long and they leave like goo dripping down your wall a little. But <laughs> that's a good tip, Martha Stewart. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Just watch out for that goo. Uh, On that note, we're going to take one more quick break. Uh, But when we come back, we have one very important last question for Liz and Leanne. So stick around. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. 
We are back with Liz Dolan and Leon Dolan, two of the legendary Satellite Sisters. And sisters, we have one last question for you. If our listeners can only do one thing today to feel more connected to people they can't be with, what thing would each of you suggest based on your vast experience of staying connected with people? Well, we've ended every Satellite Sisters for 20 years by saying, call your Satellite Sister. Yeah. I always say that too. Just reach out to one person. And in the process, this does not require a Google invite, people. Bring back spontaneity. I think that there's something about the pandemic where we feel like everything Mm. has to be so planned. And so we have Mm. to be so careful about everything. But really, sometimes the best thing you can do is just Call a friend and yeah. surprise them. And they're going to be happy to see you on their, that would pop up on their phone. So, like, call someone you really care about and do it spontaneously. That's, that's what I would recommend. Yeah. Call your satellite sister. That's it. I love it. Oh, I love that. You know, one thing I really love about that is that I think because, you know, you're right. We schedule a lot of things now. Like, I have a weekly phone date with a friend, and we walk and talk, and, you know, and we're on the phone for that one hour every week. And then I have a scheduled drink night with other people on my scheduled book club. But um, it's gotten to the point now where if the phone rings and I'm not expecting it, I get nervous. Oh, same. And I, yeah. and I would like that nervousness to go away. And that's a really easy way to take care of that <laughs> is just true. to start calling people when it's not I would planned. love to not get a pit in my stomach when my know, phone right? rings and I know I don't have a work call happening. That's yeah. so that's so sad and true, Kristen. Thank you for pointing that out. It's <laughs> <laughs> so sad. It's so true. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's well, well, I'm so glad you gave us that advice. Thank you yes. so much, Liz and Leanne. Thank you for just yes. joining us and talking to us. Oh, this is a dream come true. I just, you know, I love by the book. I I just there's so many things where I just laugh out loud. And at the end of every episode, I'm always like, oh, what is their verdict going to be? I can't, and I try to figure <laughs> no out. No way. Stop I try to it. figure out, okay, who's going to, oh, that probably, Kristen probably didn't like that, but I bet Jolenta will really go for that. <laughs> oh, stop. You always surprise me. So thank you so much for allowing us to I'm be glad. I feel like it. we're so predictable. That's good. I just can't <laughs> believe you even listened. Like, I've been a fan of you guys since I was like, a lowly assistant at WNYC. It's so cool to talk to you. <laughs> wow, those were the days. <laughs> <laughs> well, reminder to everybody out there, the Satellite Sisters podcast comes out every week. And also be sure to check out Leanne's new book, The right. Sweeney Sisters. It is so good. It is delicious. It's juicy. It'll have you on the edge of your seat. Thank you so much, Leanne and Liz. Thank you both. Thank you. And that's it for this awesome bonus episode of By the Book. Huge, huge thank you to our production team at Stitcher. They rock. Uh, Daisy Rosario, Brandon Nix, Corinne Wallace, and Andy Christens. Also, huge thank you to Nate Wida, who composed our theme song, and to the Rizzos, who performed the theme song. Please stay in touch. Send us any questions or suggestions for future books for us to live by. Our email address is kristenandjolenta at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at ByTheBookPod, at Jolenta G, and at Kristen Meinzer. 
or leave us a voicemail at 302-49-BOOKS. That's 302-492-6657. Another great way to leave us feedback is in reviewing and rating us. Do so in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It helps people find the show. It helps give Kristen and I reasons to live. Uh, (laughs) And if you haven't told a friend about the show, do that too. Why not spread it around? Tell a sister about the show. Tell somebody on a satellite about the show. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Use a satellite to tell an alien about the show. (laughs) Until next time, I'm Jolenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Stitcher. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.